good. And we're live. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Good Friday to those that celebrate. Uh, welcome in. It is Friday, 4 7, April 7th, uh, 1 01 p.m. Central. I am here, uh, joined by the great Not Legal Advice, aka Richard, aka Borghand, aka Every Name in the Dictionary. We're going to do our usual uh, update with MMTLP to start the day, and we're going to get into a bunch of Tesla topics, EV topics so much to talk about uh, real quick if you're new to the channel you're new to following this format uh, this is our friday community forum and this is where me and my community members sit down and discuss uh, all the latest news around uh, a bunch of different topics and then after we're over uh, for about an hour and a half we would jump over to our member only stream which you can access by joining right below this channel and half of the earnings from every single one of our uh, friday streams go to our community pool where uh, the community decides what to what to do with those funds they can you know i keep saying ice cream as if if I'm trying to plug something, but it could be ice cream if, if y'all want ice cream. So thank you everybody for joining us today. Yeah, uh, just Richard and I today, I think it is a, a holiday weekend. I'm sure a lot of, uh, of our folks are out uh, enjoying time with their families and Richard and I, like a bunch of losers, are on the internet on a live stream talking about Tesla. So go ahead, Richard. <laughs> well, uh, good morning and, and thank you and happy holidays to everybody. And uh, so far, I think Tesla is flat today. At least it's a flat on the market today. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. Uh, that's what I saw too. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give you a quick MMTLP uh, thing because it's, I think it's always, uh, it's interesting how something does happen each week. So just a quick MMTLP is a, uh, a security that was um, uh, shorted improperly and the shareholders are kind of stuck in limbo. It's now like almost four months. And unfortunately, there have been a couple suicides and other situations arising out of that. So I'm kind of like keeping people apprised as it goes because it involves naked shorting, which affects any and all securities, including Tesla. And as a matter of fact, I think Elon even put out a tweet this week relating to the shorts and hedge funds. Uh, it was a couple, days ago. It was a couple yeah. days ago. Because Tesla was improperly shorted at times because they tried to put it out of business. That's really what the point was. And that is one of the aspects of sh uh, naked shorting is to put the company out of business because that benefits the shortholders. But to bring it up to date, uh, there is a congressman in Texas named Pete Sessions. I think he's based in Waco, I believe. And he is now involved in pursuing uh the documents and records regarding MMTLP from FINRA and the SEC. And the reason why this arose, and this happened, so I talk about this every Friday. So on Saturday, after our last meeting, pursuant to a Freedom of Information Act request, so any citizen, if they want, they could prepare a request for documents. They send it into an agency, and they will get the documents back. There are problems with that because they're not always returned properly, timely, appropriately. But a lot of times people get things that they didn't expect. So what was discovered in this particular um, occasion, there were only like 23 documents that were produced. Most of them were redacted. But in it, it showed that two years before the incident that I'm talking about, the SEC and FINRA were both aware of fraud in the initial trading of the security and suppressed and concealed that. And then Whoa. ultimately there's a trading halt and the, the reason for the trading halt that FINRA said is false, but they said it was settlement reasons and it came up at the last moment. 
in these same documents, about 10 days before that time, there was discussions amongst all these departments about the issues. And in effect, they set up a plan to put a trading halt in place, which would have been illegal and not without notice to any investor who could have then bought the shares thinking all was right while FINRA and the SEC knew there was fraud going on. And and there's, and and the names that are referenced are at the top of those agencies. So at FINRA, it would be Robert Cook, who's the CEO. And the SEC, I think the top of the SEC would be Gary Gensler. But all the names of the SEC uh, people are redacted. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Where can people go to find more about this story? They could either go to Not Legal Advice, which is you could see on the screen. Uh, please feel free. Or just uh, just Google MMTLP and you will find more than you will imagine existed. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the update. As always, yep. it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's great that we uh it feels like a new age where we have more and more sort of citizen like citizens and and sort of the citizen journalism you have we have folks like you that are willing to take up this fight so thank you so much for your efforts and i'm sure i i see the comments on your videos there's so many people out there that were impacted by this and the fact that i don't know just thank you thank you for doing what you're doing man because i know it's it's uh, helping a lot of people so that's that's absolutely awesome yeah um all right so let's uh let's talk tesla here there's a lot a lot to cover producer wife as always the beautiful producer wife can you pull up the First uh, first tweet that I put in the private chat, we're going to hit the price decreases that were just announced from Tesla. It impacts the entire lineup. Uh, here's uh, our boy, Sawyer Merritt, which, by the way, he's going to be on the channel uh, sometime after earnings, after Q1 earnings. Or Q, yeah, Q1 earnings. So uh, Sawyer and I are going to sit down and have a chat on this channel. So look for that announcement soon. Breaking. Tesla has officially launched a new lower price Model Y. All-wheel drive variant in the United States on their online configurator for 49000 And all prices were also reduced. So now we have a Model Y all-wheel drive, which is the standard range, which is going to start at $49,990. This is a 4680 battery, which for those that are not familiar with Tesla, it's their newest battery technology that they're building out in Austin, Texas, which is should allow tesla to lower their cost of their vehicles even further over time you have the model y long range which now starts at 52.9 from 54.9 so a two thousand dollar decrease and the model y performance uh another two thousand dollar decrease from 58.9 uh to 56.9 and to and uh, important to keep in mind that all these cars are eligible for the 7500 dollars ev tax credit uh which is conditional on how many how much taxes you owe at the end of the year uh, which is a great sign. So, and then we ha- also have price decreases for the Model S and the Model X as well. If you can pull, pull up the second tweet, uh, producer wife, also from Sawyer, uh, Tesla has reduced the starting prices of the Model S and Model X in the U.S. by up to five percent. So, the Model S all-wheel drive is now from 89.9 to 84.9, and the Plaid from 109 to 104, and the Model X all-wheel drive from 99 to 94, and the Model X Plaid from 109 to 104. These are not eligible for the EV tax credit because they are above the $80,000 MSRP limit, although that Model X all-wheel drive is 15 grand away. So I'm curious to see if Tesla would ever, if that Model X uh, gets down to below 80, that would thing would sell so much, but I'm curious to see if that would ever happen. Richard, first uh, first thoughts, what, what's going through your mind here? Yeah, I was said, so one thing is it suggests that uh, 48, 4680 battery production is improving if they uh, come out 
with that version of the of the Y. Um, so that's hopeful. Um, it shows that they have dynamic pricing. We kind of we've seen it, and I guess we got to get used to it. That you know the pricing is going to fit the demand. So if they want to clear out inventory, they're not going to be afraid to reduce prices to match with whatever the supply is. We know the supply is is up, right? Because we know that the numbers at both Austin and Berlin are up. So we know that supply is up, and I would assume for the rest of the year the supply is going to be increasing. So I think the prices probably are going to be somewhat softer to match that increased demand. Um, I also kind of wonder, and I don't, I you know, I I'm I wonder. So the X and S, they sold about what ten thousand units last quarter, something like that. Correct. Yeah, which is is, is relatively insignificant number. Um, and I'm wondering if we need need to kind of um, rethink it. Uh, to make it more attractive. I know you referenced the price drop in the price, but I wonder if it's uh, it, it, they have to reimagine it in some fashion because it's now it's kind of an afterthought in the in the numbers. It really doesn't make a difference, you know. I see. It's, um, so I'm wondering, just like they they're re they're redoing the th the Model Three, uh, maybe they got to redo the uh, the 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 higher end models to kind of. Uh, Reinspire those two, because um, ten again, ten thousand is probably not a, a, not enough to kind of spend a lot of time on it. But but anyway, those are kind of my initial thoughts on the price change. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, I I think we should just get used to it. Hmm. Yeah, I I think for me that's an interesting question you raised for the Model S and X. I really do think that the the sort of long-term vision for those cars being a hundred thousand units per year that tesla set out say back in 2016 2017 i don't think that's coming to fruition right now for multiple reasons one i, th I think the model y the model three offer a lot for for what they are you know they don't offer the luxury and the speed and the performance or the space but they offer like 80 to 85 percent of what those cars do today um, so I think that's one thing. And the other thing, too, I do think there is a global economy that is that is hurting. I mean, if you look at uh, across the economy, folks are starting to hunker down a little bit when it comes to spending. And I do wonder just how popular a eighty-five dollars to $90,000 car is. And then the other variable, too, which I think is part of it, I think if there are people out there that are going to be uh, you know, with the whole Elon Musk buying Twitter thing and, and folks uh, just view him a certain way, if there is a model of car that's going to be impacted by people that are like, I don't want to be associated with him, it would be the Model S and X because those are very much status. They're a lot more status symbol-y than the 3 and the Y. Uh, if I was Tesla, what I would do personally with the S and X, uh, because they are a much lower percentage of the total uh, volume right now, and I do think they'll be reimagined at some point, uh, I think you just drop the base models and just sell the plaids. Just go straight plaid for the SNX, make them a showpiece, sort of showcase kind of car, similar to mm -hmm. what the Roadster will be once it launches. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we don't have the Roadster years, because it's they're only going to sell like 5,000 units, yeah. if that, per year, if if they if that, right? And once that comes out, what's the reason for an S and an X, right? It's, it's just like this weird... It's a weird reprogramming of what the car market's going to be, which opens up a lot of different discussions around the SNX and the three and the Y and stuff. But that's kind of what goes to my mind for the SNX. Uh, did you have any sort of Yeah, I was going to say, it, it makes sense though, because you when when like a model's introduced, you expect it to be there forever. But that doesn't necessarily mean it is. 
there may be mm. something that comes and replaces those models down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we hear 10 models. I don't know if that means 10 models at the same time or 10 models total, you know, over time. I think at the same time. At the same time. So that could be 15 different models. And you might go mm -hmm. through a few and, you know, find that some sell better than others and are, are, are easier to make. Or you have a bigger margin. You could distribute them more. Um, yeah. So it, it's not it wouldn't be shocking if some models disappear and the new models come and replace them or kind of replace that gap. Yeah, I also do think that Tesla did on purpose. You know, they are selling SNX to other regions as well. Like they started selling them in China. There was one other. They're going to start selling them in Turkey, I believe. Uh, so they are, these are new regions and the only factory that's making SNX is Fremont. So that means that you have to put that inventory on boats and those boats take a while to get over to those locations because they're not going to ship them by air. All right. I mean, that, that would be completely ridiculous. So they have to go on boats and that's a two to three, a, probably a one to two month lead time um, for those cars. And so you're going to have that transition of those vehicles then, which could have eaten into that, those deliveries. It'd be interesting for Q2. I think tracking those SNX sales, because if they're back up to say that 20,000 level, then what that tells us, like, okay, like they're still able to sell this car. Um, and, you know, it's not really a problem. But then the, again, the bigger question becomes as for the short term or medium term of the, of the stock is the margin. So yeah, yeah Tesla's dropping the prices. So the margin discussion is getting louder and louder and louder. Um, what What's going through your mind with that, with these price decreases? Uh, well, it is. It is what it is. I am long term, so I figure even if margin, you know, I'm expecting margin margins to decrease. By the way, I'm surprised they can't sell the cars we're just referencing in Saudi Arabia. Um, I would, you mm. know, I mean, that would be a market I would think that would like the higher end Teslas. It would be prestigious. Obviously, they're now open to it too. By the way, because they have Lucid and that that connection. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so obviously I'm I'm concerned about margins, and I expect them to dip. But I don't really, honestly, I don't care. I uh, figure that even if there's a dip in the short term, because of you know mostly macro, the economic the economics of the time. Because if it's interest rates are lower and whatever, the margins would be bigger. And I perceive that like three years from now, interest rates will be lower. So even if I'm even if it's like suppressed now, we'll get another bounce then. And maybe then it'll reflect more accurately the real price. So I try not to, even though, you know, listen, it's easy for me to say in as I'm sitting here, I try not to kind of look short term. And uh, I really do look long term. And I think in the long term, it's kind of meaningless. If they do 20% margin this year, 25%, as long as five years from now, they're doing, you know, in the 20 somewhere, I think we're good. Yeah. There was a tweet that I want to share. I, I've showed this on my on my one of my videos this week. Can you pull up the tweet I just posted on private chat, producer wife? It's the last one. Um, it's from Espen. Uh, well, that's that's uh, we'll cover this one too quick too. And it's the last one I just posted as well. You can bring that up next. Um, okay, we'll do this one first. No problem. So this is the price of raw materials that are involved in uh, building out Teslas. So if you click on each chart, producer wife, we'll kind of read them off. So this is, um, yeah, click on the first one. That's nickel. So that's obviously a, a battery uh, raw material. You can see that from the peaks in 2022, it's come down dramatically. And the pricing today is a lot closer to the peaks in 2019 and 2020 
versus where it was in 2022. And one of the comments that was made by Tesla was, hey, we have savings in the supply chain that we haven't recognized yet. So that's one thing at play here that might be talking, you know, closely tied to the price decreases. Go to the, go to the next chart, please. Uh, you got iron. That's another one. Uh, obviously, a big material for building out the cars. Uh, again, it peaked in 2021 and it has come down and stabilized in 2023, much closer to the peaks in 2019. Go, go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, we got uh, aluminium for our British friends. Uh, 2023 prices are much closer to 2020 end of year prices than they were at the peak of 2021 and 2022. So there's savings there. And then go to the next one, which should be the last one. We have steel rebar, which again is, is a big part of the uh, of the uh, car equation. You'll again have price decreases really uh, with 2018, 2019 levels now. Uh, versus the 2021-2022 peaks. I wonder, you know, and, and Tesla has talked about this often, and, and bring up the Elon Musk tweet uh, as well that you were showing before, producer wife, um, in response to Omar, uh, whole, whole Mars catalog, uh, friend of the show, I guess, who's never been on it. I'm going to have him on one of these days for sure. The idea is to take the car, uh, to make the cars more affordable. This is related to Tesla's not to spend money advertising so that you can make them more expensive. And then this was in response to uh, James Cat talking about uh, Tesla advertising. And then Elon Musk replied to that tweet saying, so many well-off critics don't understand that demand at scale is limited by affordability. There is plenty of demand for our products, but if the price is more money than people have, that demand is irrelevant. Um, how do you think about all these things, Richard? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, I think that's, I, no, I, I was gonna say uh, before you went to that along yes. the same lines, uh, we're, if we go into recession, so the good news is, all the commodities are going to get, you know, crash. Yeah. There won't be demand for them. So, to the extent that's going to be has to be factored into the uh, equation in terms of Tesla, Tesla's products too. So it may suffer a little bit in terms of the demand side, but it may benefit commensurately on the cost side because because of the lack of demand uh, industry wide, and I and the lack of demand is not distributed equally across the industry because we've seen it. Tesla's still increasing in numbers while everybody else is decreasing. So Tesla's going to get disproportionately from everybody else. They're going to benefit the most from the cost savings because they're actually still working. So, yeah. uh, so that's, that's, that's my thought as, as to that. Okay. Uh, there was one other cost too. I wanted to bring up, can you pull up the last tweet I just shared? Uh, I'm putting producer wife to work today, man. She's got her work cut out for a, uh, Poor woman. <laughs> uh, this is uh, also from Sawyer. Lithium carbonate prices in China have plummeted 65% since November. Lithium carbonate, uh, lithium as the raw material, of course, is the really the key driver of cost for Tesla. It was mentioned on, the, I believe, the Q3 or Q4 earnings report from Tesla from 2022 that um, lithium was going to be one of the biggest cost headwinds going into 2023 because they were modeling it as it increasing versus 2022. And we have a chart here that shows that it's down 65% from its peaks, much closer to the cost we had in 2018, if you look at the beginning of the chart there on the left, uh, but significantly lower than the 2022 prices, which of course one would think, you know, this would pass on to, to Tesla. I do want to make a quick comment though. Tesla, I believe uses lithium hydroxide 
but it's still a lithium uh, product. And I'm assuming the sort of price action we're seeing in on lithium carbonate, which is a battery material, would also be similar to lithium hydroxide. Um, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Not sure if you had any thoughts there, Richard. Yeah, I think they will benefit in the drop of lithium. But uh, unfortunately, the lithium is like a two-prong uh, thing. It's the cost of the material, and then it's the refinery, uh, the refining of it. Yeah. So, um, uh, so this obviously will be factored into the total cost, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the lithium will be available because we still need the refining the refineries. And I know Tesla is building a refinery, so that's one way of kind of uh, taking care of the the problem. Yeah. I have a fun, I have a, I have a funny thing. I I kind of buried the lead. I I I, I, I love funny things. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm I'm calling into some uh, spaces place. It's on the uh, spaces place. There's a guy who's on Twitter. S yeah, on Twitter. There's a yeah. guy who was a former SEC enforcement a guy, and his name happened to be Robert Hansen. That to me struck me as funny because there's a FBI guy who was a convicted a uh, trader, like one of the greatest traders in the history of the United States, whose name was Robert Hansen. But nothing connected. So he's an SEC guy. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So he's on there and I'm thinking I could ask him about like uh, MMTLP and stuff I got and like the interior workings of that because he would know. So mm -hmm. the host asks him a couple of questions and then a guy comes on and starts asking him about Elon Musk. And he starts making allusions to like illegal conduct by Tesla and Elon Musk. Wow. And it turned out to be Gordon Johnson. So he's on there whacking away at Elon. And I had no, honestly, I had no, I wasn't going to talk about Tesla there. I'm the next one on. And I go on and I say, listen, the guy who just spoke, in my opinion, I have no, I believe has no credibility. He's the most notorious uh Tesla bear out there. And I have, I don't believe a word that he says. That was my totality. And then it cut me off, by the way. That was <laughs> really? But yeah. So I never got to speak to MM, MMTLP, <laughs> but I got to defend the virtue of Elon. And so I, I Such feel, a good guy. I do. I feel so good today. I did my good deed. On and this Good Gordon Friday, Johnson. you're a good guy. Gordon, and it was Gordon Go Johnson. Figure. And it was Gordon Johnson. That guy is, uh, I just don't see where he gets the, the, you know, I, you know what I respect the most about Gordon is just how steadfast he is at just being the most wrong person in the room a hundred percent of the time. Like he won't quit. He won't well, do you, quit. Do you He's believe, not a quitter. I mean, do you believe, and I, this, I mean, this is a serious question. Do you believe yeah. that people like that are always, um, stating their own opinions or are some are they sometimes influenced by uh, receiving some remuneration from outside parties well this is only speculation yeah, right no, so we're just, this, we're just, of we're course shooting it we're thank god i'm talking to a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> uh for me it's i do find it just very I am very impressed by how little he has changed his tune over the years and how consistent he's been on the wrong side uh, and I just, and I mean this, like, I mean this sincerely. I'm just, I just don't get it. And, um, he is either so could, he has so much conviction around his thesis that regardless of what happens in with this arc of Tesla, that he just thinks that 
this has to happen because of the data sets he has that he's sharing, or um, there's something else going on. But I, I truly don't know. I just, I truly don't know. And you would think, like, let's just assume again. This is, uh, I'm just, this is just spitballing. I am just saying, you know, it's just, I don't even know if this is true or not. But say there was some remuneration involved. Wouldn't that person like be like, yo, this bet sucks? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been doing this for years and it hasn't. I like, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. You I tell think, me. I think most people have a price. So you know, I'd like okay. to say that I don't have a price, but I bet you if somebody came <laughs> with enough. I got a price. I just don't know what it is yet. So, He's very know, consistent. Yeah. So yeah. If, yeah, I know. If, if he is just that convicted, then I am truly impressed, even though yeah. I don't agree with it. But it's impressive. That it's impressive. Can't, can't be moved, notwithstanding what's going on. That is really tough. So yeah. I, if that's the case and he just believes whatever he says, then even though I don't agree with him, I respect that part of him. But I wonder those kind of people, you know, how they make their money because if yeah. he's betting against tesla he hasn't done very well on that yeah and uh uh and he seems to be focused uh singularly on tesla although as it turned out one thing i learned about afterwards was he doesn't believe that naked shorting occurs that was kind of like a side issue so the whole MMTLB thing he would not believe which is funny well. i thought yeah yeah i don't know i just you know who stephen a is stephen a yeah. smith yeah, yeah so he yeah. reminds me of like the stephen a smith of like stocks you know he's like he i've never seen somebody so passionately wrong about so many things yeah. and it's <laughs> but it's it's entertaining you know at the yeah. very least so listen it is what it is uh yeah. um producer wife bring up that link you just posted on private chat because actually that's something i want to talk about too it this is related to a story that broke a, a day or two ago um about uh some uh i think former tesla employees uh, we're talking about this. Go ahead and uh, uh, zoom in a little bit on that um, subject for me. So this is from who's the publication? A PC Mag, I believe. So this is PC Mag reporting on a story by Reuters. <laughs> I just love how these like news art news people report on news people. Uh, Tesla employees shared video captured from customers' car cameras. Content recorded by built-in driver assist cameras was routinely shared between employees via an internal messaging system between 2019 and 2022. A Reuters investigation finds. Scroll down a little little bit. I believe this is pertaining to uh, when folks uh, opt in to share uh, uh, dash cam video with Tesla. I think uh, this might be that. Content recorded by built-in cameras used to assist driving was routinely shared between employees via an internal messaging system between 2019 and 2022. As Reuters noticed, some of the shared content shows people in compromising situations. One video, for example, shows a man approaching a Tesla completely naked. Wow. Others include foot footage from car crashes and road rage incidents. Um, so what are your thoughts? I have some thoughts about this. Yeah, what are your... I, got, I, got, I got a lot about a lot about this. So, yeah. um, and I'm gonna relate this to Kobe Bryant. So um, where I'm sitting right now is about a mile from where his helicopter crashed. Mm. And I happened to be sitting in my office the day that that happened. And I heard the helicopter that day. Um, it's, it's that close. I didn't know. I didn't hear the explosion, but I happened to hear the helicopter over me. It was a foggy day. So in that particular uh, matter, obviously he died. Um, the sheriffs came onto the scene they took photographs of the of the wreckage and the body, and then they distributed it internally amongst themselves. That's what happened. The what Kobe's wife sued the sheriff's department, and the sheriff's department settled the case, paid like something like fifteen or twenty million bucks 
to the uh, to the family. So yeah. in, in this case, I think I saw that I saw some reference. There may have been seven complaints. I don't know if that was legal complaints or complaints in in themselves. And I saw like one uh, one involved the one the gentleman you mentioned the who was in the nude, um, and one was about a child. Uh, you know, you saw the, I don't have to describe what, what it was, but this mm -hmm. is the child. So perhaps like, you know, the parents of that child might be, you know, might be in a position to have a case. Mm -hmm. It might be that the family of the nude guy or the nude guy who was placed in a, you know, he didn't expect that those, those the pictures would be viewed by anybody might have mm -hmm. a, 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 some kind of case. It's possible. Mm -hmm. And obviously we could say that he, notwithstanding that, Tesla would prefer that that not happen. And if employees are doing that, they should be reprimanded or terminated, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that they were, if, if that had already happened. Right. Um, but it it obviously doesn't create, it, it creates distrust in terms of like uh, privacy. And obviously that's an issue that's, uh, it's a big issue in, in every company. We'd rather not happen. I'm sure the news will overplay it, but it is an issue. Obviously it has to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm largely aligned. I do think there is a, uh, this sort of new world of cameras everywhere is being sort of accelerated by having self-driving Tesla's freaking everywhere. Right. So that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, probably something that Tesla's going to have to navigate, uh, uh, for the next decade, especially as this technology gets bigger and bigger. Um, yeah, it's important to highlight that these are ex employees. These, uh, these folks, I, well, the, the ones that I think Reuters spoke to were ex employees. I don't know if it's clear if the folks that were sharing the pictures were ex employees. Um, however, um, uh, it, I think it's important to, you know, to say I, from my perspective is I think if, you know, people shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know, I think those, a lot of those pictures, if, if anything, all yeah. those pictures should be handled with, uh, with a lot of privacy. Uh, and if they were being shared, of course, you know, that those folks have to be reprimanded. It's not okay. Um, yeah, obviously. There, right. Be, so, yeah. Yeah. And there'll be some lawyers and I'm sure we'll pursue it. I would guess. And, you know, we, yeah. uh, you and I were talking about it before there was a case decided this week. Um, there was a, a case that had previously decided a worker, uh, he was an elevator operator in Fremont. And like in 2015 or 16, there were obviously uh, remarks related to his race that were made that were improper. It went to trial. He got some gargantuan sum of money from some jury in the Bay Area. 100 million? 100, 150 million approximately, which was made a part of um, uh, to, to, to cover his damages, his harm he suffered. And most of it punitive damages. Uh, the judge reduced it to approximately 15 million. The plaintiff, the gentleman, Mr. Diaz is his name. He elected not to accept the 15 million and re have a retrial on the damages. The jury came back last week. The award, the total award was $3.2 million. So he's going the wrong direction. Uh, he says he's going to appeal. But Tesla will appeal too, and it's very possible that that $3.2 million award can be reduced further. And if nothing else, because I'm not saying people aren't wrong, that's kind of my business, um, and I recognize that. But part of the problem is people often they seek a recovery for amounts that really don't apply and uh, they shouldn't receive. And maybe this kind of process gets you to a real number. So here the ultimate number they gave him was 175000 bucks. And they gave him the rest of his punitive damages. So mm. that punitive damage award is probably still too much. So it legally probably could still be reduced. 
But that's $175,000, whether you agree with it or not, is much probably closer to a real number than $3 million. And what the, the attorney asked for at closing argument in this case, he asked for $160 million in closing argument. Wow. So he didn't. So his outcome probably wasn't very happy. Yeah. I mean, it's still 3 million bucks if he gets 3 million bucks, you know? I mean, well, the, 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 the truth the of the matter PS is that- is not. Yeah. Yes, it's not. He's going to get 3.2 minus whatever costs come oh, out I of see, this. I see, I see. So costs might be a few hundred grand, by the way. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out for you here. Let's say he's got 3.2 and with going through trial and retrial and experts, whatever, it, I guarantee it cost him at least three, four hundred thousand dollars in costs, just costs. So that three point two is two point eight. He had to pay his lawyer forty percent. That's another million bucks. I'm in the wrong the profession. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the wrong profession. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, but I mean it's good. So it's a lot of money for anybody if you end up with a million and a half. Sure. But it, but it's kind of like a mistake to have handled it the way they did because he could have walked away with a lot more money. But for Tesla's sake, it will discourage other people from doing the same because this is a Bay Area jury. This is a, you know, really, they're not sympathetic to Elon or Tesla when it comes to these things. The fact that they limited the, the numbers is kind of a message to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I think what what's sort of interesting to track here is that as Tesla becomes a larger and larger company, and sort of there are more situations where individuals can can uh, do things that are improper that, you know, should be punished. Uh, I do wonder, um, you know, it's it's like a c continuation of the story that as long as the Tesla story and the Elon Musk story has a lot of weight behind it and that keyword is very, very expensive on the Internet. I think that you're going to see a, a lot of these things continue to play and the, the company is going to get a lot, a lot of disproportionate attention towards it, but it's still going to be towards, you know, some valid circumstances that, you know, I think from my perspective, having worked there, I don't think they're reflective of the company culture, but once you're hiring 140,000 people, you, all you need is five people to do something moronic and then it becomes a new story, you know, and that's, yeah. and that's the unfortunate uh, truth of the matter. Yeah, I think it's also kind of reflected in the stock because it's so, you know, so galvanizing that when it goes south, it'll go south fast. But when yeah. it goes north, when things go good, the train gets full very fast. It kind of goes both ways. That's why when we're going good, we go super good, super fast because we yeah. are very, we get a lot of spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> we don't go undetected. It's true. How how are you thinking about the the recent stock price movements uh, with the with the company when you're looking at the stock market? Seems like it's kind of like in a in a channel, and it's kind of going 180 to 210. Uh, a lot of the analysts are saying they expect it to kind of go down to like in the 150s, 160s. Naturally, it doesn't mean anything negative, but kind of like as it plays out, and then they'll bounce back up off of that. But you saw it went down to 180. It went 180 yesterday, and then bounced right off of 180. So 180 mm. is a support, and but. You know, I think it's going to depend ultimately, obviously, on what happens at uh, earnings. If earnings, and I think, as we have now seen, good stuff, and I don't believe this is kind of what you just said, but anything that's good is already baked in. I, 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 this is how I analyze the stock market. As to Tesla, if I'm going to predict the price tomorrow, 
if it's something that I've talked about and it happens, the stock goes down. If it's something that far exceeds what's been talked about, then the stock goes up. If it's less than what's talked about, the stock will crash. Mm. Anything I think just kind of good and expected. And you know, ultimately this is, it's unfair, but we, it's, but there is a day of reckoning at some point in time. No matter what we make, Tesla makes money, has earnings, is gonna yeah. accumulate cash, at some point in time has to distribute the cash. So shareholders, if we don't see the share price today, there at some point in time, that cash will make it to us somehow. And, <laughs> you know, share price, buybacks, dividends, <laughs> or Elon will come by and give us an ice cream party, right? The ice cream party. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ice cream's coming. The ice cream's coming, y'all. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. Actually, Producer Wife linked two more stories I just dropped uh, a few minutes ago, sort of related to the whole... You know, there are certain stories related to the company that will catch fire regardless of what what happens. But um, you can drop those in the comment section if you like producer wife. So folks, if folks want to get exposure to that can. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I don't know if you want to say something. Yeah. The new merch. The ice cream's coming. <laughs> the ice cream's coming. Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, a couple of other news items, too, we want to talk through. Um, JB Straubel has been appointed uh, or is is being is running for Tesla's board. Um he he was going to run uh, against Ross Gerber if he decided to uh, to run for his position, but uh, it turns out it's just uh, JB. What what are your thoughts around JB? I I like him. I already voted for him. I this morning. Me too. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't feel like I'd done my duty, my duty as a Tesla citizen, to have voted. So I voted this morning, and I voted for JB. He seems like super qualified. Um, as a matter of fact, I um, like Rob. And Rob, you know, is doing some kind of side business that I don't quite know yet, but I'm, I'm a, I'm connected to it in some fashion, at least no, noting about it. And part of it involves uh, some kind of regarding Redwood. So JB has kind of been on my uh, radar. Seems hmm. like a super qualified guy. I don't see how anybody could say anything bad. Uh, you, I know, I saw, yeah, I saw your video. You said everybody had, you know, everybody had good things to say inside internally. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You had a yeah, great reputation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see anything negative about it. I'm, I'm very happy. And we, and, yeah, you know, think- we, we talked about it in part also whether, you know, at least some people have talked about it. If he in the future could hold some very high executive level back at Tesla. And I don't know, maybe this could be the first step back in that direction. And maybe at some point in time, Redwood becomes part of Tesla or a close, some closer affiliation. Because obviously, for Tesla, it makes perfect sense. I don't yeah. know. For, I don't know the other side. They may be limiting themselves, and they have to kind of figure out the economics. But it, obviously, there's a perfect match in terms of subject. Yeah, I think I think the the JB run is one that um, I'm very happy to see. I think the fact that. Tesla's getting somebody at the board level that really understands the culture of the company, is fully aligned with the sort of sustainable aspect of it, uh, a long-term thinker, uh, an expert in battery technology, is very complementary from a skill set perspective or an industry perspective where he's shoring up one of the biggest pieces from a recycling perspective to try and fulfill Tesla's master plan part three goal long-term. 
right? There's just a lot of really great things about him. Seems like a really nice guy, has a great reputation. Everybody loves him. It seems like unanimously. The video that I put out yesterday uh, about JB running for the board uh, on my YouTube, on my analytics, um, the like, so I have a like percentage and my view, my videos hover somewhere around the 98%. So thank you all very much for the, such a high, high to this like ratio, by the way. But it was 99.9% like, and it was like a thousand likes. So it's like by far, I mean, I don't think there's one person that follows a Tesla story that would think that this uh, pick for whatever reason would not be a good one. I just think he brings so many positives to the table. And then um, uh, Hiro, the, uh, the gentleman from Japan who was on the board is stepping down, is not running for re-election. So JB would step in and essentially take that seat. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts around Hero. I, I don't know too much about him. I just know. Yeah. I, I don't. It just uh, it would be interesting to know if this decision was Elon's or the, which I assume it would be, because I'm going to give him credit. If the decision to go to JB was Elon's, and I would think it's his decision, or it was other management that made the decision because they were at the responsibility for it but yeah. i thought that is a brilliant choice really that shows a lot about the decision maker that they come up with that choice because you know somebody could feel threatened by him also right because conceivably he could be a future ceo uh theoretically so yeah. if you if you didn't if you had some concerns um you might object but i think it's brilliant and i um i think you know and it kind of goes along with Alexander was talking about, you know, the proxy statement coming and the fact they did the meeting earlier than they normally would do to kind mm. of circumvent some crap that they might receive. You saw and that then, on the you saw that on the votes. There were only like five items. Yeah. Very right? limited. Yeah. Very limited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like choosing JB is also another way of just shutting everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's gonna say who. And yeah. it's it it give it keeps control with the people who want to have control. Yeah, and then uh, Tom Zhu. I think there was official uh, uh, paperwork filed that Tom Zhu is now uh, officially the vice president of automotive for the for the company. Uh, your reaction there? I mean, I think he's the perfect. You know, I expect if there is a, a person that we know about right now who would succeed um, Elon at Tesla, it would be Tom. Um, so I think it's he's in the position he should be. I, I feel comfortable him running the factories and being in charge of the production lines. Seems to have a really good grasp. Seems to be well-liked. Seems to be very confident, but very humble. Um, a hard worker. You know, I all good stuff. I like the fact that he's Chinese. So that kind of protects the Chinese market. And he knows the Chinese market. Um, yeah, I think that he's all good. I think, again, that was another good choice also. Yeah. I, my favorite thing about Tom was the feedback that, uh, at investor day, everybody was in, uh, in like slacks and khakis or like a uh, dress pants and he was running around with sweats on and a t-shirt. I'm like, that's the guy <laughs> sign me up. He's going to be great in every, in every measure yeah. from that perspective. Very humble. I, I do like the, the sort of humble nature of, of him. Uh, yeah. it's, it's awesome to see. Uh, what items do you have, Richard? He's, he's, as, humble, he's as humble as Elon. As, as humble as Elon. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, one, okay. one thing I, that I saw that struck me was that um, I think it's one of the measures. I don't remember if it's one of the measures or somehow it, it came into being that there's going to be a limitation on how much any shareholder can margin their position against Tesla stock. 
So obviously it's directed specifically at Elon, but I think there's going to be an absolute cap um, because now there, there wasn't, it was either like 3% or a number, but there was going to be an absolute cap directed, it didn't say it's at Elon, but so that nobody can expose a lot of share of their uh, Tesla shares so that they can lose some c control. Cause ultimately that's, that's always my concern. Um, I don't think Elon is going to send me a billion dollars, but I don't want him Try. to try. Let's ask I him. <laughs> I, I've asked him three times, no response, but, uh, but I don't want him to like keep on diluting his position. And at some point in time, somebody gets pissed at him and they put together a group and they, you know, take it over. I don't think that's going to be in our interest. Um, but but doesn't doesn't the latest sort of round of options that are vesting for him doesn't that give him uh, a significant significant significantly more percentage of the company again? Isn't he will. back up to like eighteen percent or twenty percent or something? Yeah, it once will, those things I, go live. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's going to take some time before he can exercise. And our, uh -huh. and I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of listen. If he exercise, we're all good, right? Because they're going to be tied to benchmarks that require the stock to do crazy, and we're all rooting for him. Because we will do, all do crazy if he makes those benchmarks. So mm. I, I hope so. But in but as of now, he has he's kind of doesn't have them, and he's at a certain amount of risk. Um, and and maybe also that's a reason to do buyback to reduce the share count. So whatever he owns, a greater percentage, and he's more protected. I I'd rather do that for that. You know, I'd rather do buybacks for that reason to protect his ownership than to benefit me. Because I think mm. the first will benefit me more than the second will be. Mm -hmm. But I am concerned that long term, that things might arise. You know, what happens if he, if there's an incident that happens with SpaceX and it, it's cost him a lot of money? Listen, any problem at SpaceX that's a real problem is going to be a big number. You know, yeah. a real problem. Um, and you know, most you're talking like loss, like God forbid, loss of life on a launch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, loss of life, yeah. loss of the whole thing. And yeah. you know, a lot of it's going to be insured, I'm sure, but you can't insure everything. And it's going to be a big number. And maybe he has to raise capital and, you know, and that's going to be completely unexpected. It's not like you can plan for that. So I just hope and really, I really hope because, I, you know, I really would feel if he got kicked out by some people that we don't support, oh, yeah. it would be, be, be terrible. Be a disaster. And I, and I worry more that. And, you know, I. I guess I am a cynic, but uh, I try not to. Be, no. Yeah. But I, I, I worry that it would be somebody with ill intentions. Of course. Just, just to kind of suppress Tesla took it over, not because they were trying to make a lot of money or, you know, whatever, but they were trying to make a lot of money elsewhere. And this was a way to keeping, you know, increasing one, decreasing another. But so, so wouldn't that require though a, ridiculous amount of money like a hundred yes. some odd billion dollars yeah i don't think to make that the, happen elon's not the richest guy anymore right no he is he's back to no, the richest guy no, i think there's somebody who's actually richer i thought he went back to number one I again think there's a european a guy from france i think or no right or something like that yeah it's like a 200 billion plus i thought elon went back i thought he won. He did I, he did uh, he's back uh, down again yeah he's back down. oh they're he's just like trading spots he's poor enough okay he's very yeah poor. If you um, have first, you'll last. Who said that? Yeah. But listen, I, you know, haven't you seen all those, uh, you know, Marvel movies? Haven't you seen those Marvel movies? No, never. What are you okay. talking about? You know, there's always okay. there's always a bad guy, right? 
There is a Thanos. bad guy. Um, and in the world, are there bad guys? There probably are bad guys. If like Putin, if Putin was very, very rich, oh yeah, I guess he is. Um, like a guy like Putin, uh, you know, maybe he has a bad day. You know, whatever. Maybe he locks everybody. I'm gonna go buy Tesla stock. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I worry. I, I worry okay. sometimes. I don't. I don't yeah, lose I, any sleep. Yeah, I do. I, you know, I. That's an exercise that I try to go through as often as I can. Is like, what are the existential risks that exist for my Tesla investment in particular that I'm not given enough weight for, or I don't feel like I'm properly accounting for, and. I mean, that one, that one is, I mean, it obviously exists. Nothing is impossible. I mean, freaking aliens could, you know, land on earth and be like, this is all ours now. Right. I mean, that's really the, probably the worst case scenario out of all of it. But, um, I do wonder just, it just seems like it would be a very difficult thing to do. And it does seem like what, what I think is more likely, and you tell me if I'm naive about thinking about it this way, is that I think the, the money-making uh, ability of Tesla as an investment as a company, I think is quite obvious to many. It's just a valuation. It's a valuation equation. So when Tesla went down to a hundred bucks a share uh, for the two seconds it was there for, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the conversation was like, wow, I've, I've never considered Tesla an investment, but now I do because it's at a PE of 20. You know, I'm like, okay, so so here's what's happening. There, there is a there's a lot of people that I think do view the company as something that's a that's a that's a good thing to be a part of, but it's just too rich for them. So I, I wonder how much of that dynamic just plays out in the long term versus somebody actually trying to take over the company and do it for ill versus being like, you know what, I'm just going to park my money here once it becomes cheap enough for me. And then I'm just going to let Elon do his thing because he's the greatest builder of our time and he's going to make me a shit ton of money. And then I'll go to sleep sound at night and I'll go freaking ride some bears. You know, I don't know. Like, do you think yeah. that's naive? So, full full disclosure, not, yeah. legal, not legal advice. Here we okay. go. So we go. like when some guy, you, Farzad comes to visit me, asks me about his situation we can't talk about right here that he's my son secretly <laughs> we, we can't mention that um he asked me you know what are the potential problems what could happen i'm the lawyer i give him like the one percent answer so mm. like when i talk about like the takeover by the martians that's the one yeah. percent answer that's me covering my ass as a lawyer uh, i don't really believe that stuff's gonna happen i agree and I believe that you know the more logical conclusion is that it it generates cash. I don't I don't know, I don't know what happens to the stock, but it generates a whole boatload of money as a business. It makes a ton of money, and I think in the end it has to convert over to the stock price. In terms of the stock price, so I I bought uh, I bought in the I bought I bought down I bought as low as one oh six. I didn't buy for maybe two months, three months. In the last week, I bought in the 180s. I started okay. buying. I think it may okay. go lower, but I, but but the point is, I don't think it's going to go back to 106 right. for, the, for the rest of time. So it may go down to 160. That might be the new bottom. And then maybe a year from now, 220 might be the new bottom. You know, because yeah. if you look at it, it does, it, nothing goes straight. It does go up and down, you know, and it makes sense when people make enough money, they sell and then that the stock price decreases. And then when it gets low enough, 
people think they can make money and they buy and, and it goes, it. Up. And goes yeah, up. Yeah. 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 So I think people kind of freak out when those natural uh, occurrences happen, but I think it's a fair price at the current time. And anybody who was buying long-term, you know, absent something like we're talking about absent something where the curve that Tesla's on is interrupted. It's a good investment. You'll do well 10 years from now, you'll be happy. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I, and that's not legal advice or, or uh, not investment advice. advice. It's just yeah. not advice period. It's not. Uh, it's not. I was on a on a, uh, a Twitter space yesterday uh, with Wolf Financial. Actually, I want to tell this story. Actually, before we even do that, do you want to take a wild guess on how many people are watching us right now? Just two bozos. You want to take a you want to take a guess? Me? Yeah, like how, how many people are watching us right now? You think? Uh, well, Live. you kind of you led me to believe it's either three or uh... <laughs> no, us two bozos. I'm saying. Yeah, I know three. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying three. People. You think there's a third person? <laughs> three. Or 1182. 1271. That's pretty close. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> I'm very happy that you're here. They must be, yeah. they must be drugged or something or out of Yeah. Know, something. yeah. Their button, their change cancel buttons not working. Yeah. Or or they have a, a, us up on their on everyone's uh, TV on Good Friday and they're all enjoying our programming on Good Friday, which uh, apologies for the cursing. Uh, I was on a uh, Twitter space yesterday. Uh, and there was a, a gentleman that was on there that was uh, actually was was talking about investing in Tesla. You know, he said, I'm not a, no, I'm not a bull. I'm not a bear. I'm just a realistic person. And uh, I, I view Tesla as a as a company that it doesn't have uh, earnings that reflect the forward P.E. that it has. I believe it's a 30 P.E. And I just don't think it's going to generate a lot of earnings for the next uh, two to three years. And I think what what sort of that brought to my mind was like, OK, so it does seem like it does seem like even at these levels with the kind of market that we're in, Tesla is being viewed as a company that needs to generate earnings to be able to uh, to sort of warrant its valuation. But then what I thought about is like, OK, so back in 2019, 2020, when the company wasn't making that much money, it, it got a valuation of a trillion dollars because of its growth potential. And I think about the company now, I'm like, well, the growth potential really hasn't changed. It's just, you know, it's transitioning from the three and the Y to the compact car and the Cybertruck and the van and the bot and energy. So why is it? And you tell me, like, this is why I can't understand why the stock market is this way or why, or why people like throw out these PE numbers. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, I think I'm just stupid. But like, how come, how come when the company just has the growth potential it gets a valuation of, and a pe of in the hundreds but when it's both earnings and growth it only gets the earnings uh, price earnings ratio can you help me understand that like yeah. i don't get that yeah so first of all it's possible you could be stupid that's okay possible. i agree all right, yeah all right, sorry. i think that's the agree. highest likelihood i wanted to agree with you and support you on that okay good. um um <laughs> on the uh earnings side yeah I you're think so supportive Gary. Gary Black kind of does this. Anything that's not like present is not counted. So, you know, that includes cyber trucks. You know, that, that's how come he invested in Tesla before it generated earnings then? Well, at, 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 well, at the time, I don't know. You have to ask him that. I, I really don't know. I, I don't. I, I thought he was his representative. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it's value. I don't think it's fairly valued because it's not treated as a value stock. 
where the income would be fairly valued and it's not treated as a growth stock where its growth would be purely valued because it, yeah. be, it should be it should be connected to its peg ratio you know the growth of its earnings over its growth and they use kind of like one-ish is kind of like a as a number so if you did a 40, 40 PE, it's doing 40% growth. That's a one peg ratio. That's perfectly appropriate. For some reason, it doesn't get valued fairly. I think that's that's just the reality of it. It's weird. I don't think it's tied to reality or rationality because you could just pick one or two items that are likely to occur and discount the crap out of them. You know, you could, the robot. I could say it's worth 10 trillion and say there's a 2% chance of that happening, but I give it a value. I'd say I 2% times 10 trillion and I give it a value, a present value. So to not do that kind of thing, I don't think is really fair. And I think it's super cover your ass because maybe they don't 100% believe they could rely on Elon to do exactly what they expect. Yeah. I think I think that's 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 I, I agree with that 100 percent. And and to me, what it proves is that all these metrics don't mean anything to me. Like if they just they're just arbitrary measures that are uh, tailored to averages of industries that are just pulled out of nowhere to try to justify a position that is psychological and arbitrary. You know, so it's kind of like it doesn't actually it 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 masks itself as a scientific approach. And all it is, is that you're just picking and choosing the metrics that look scientific to try and drive forward a narrative that you want to drive. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it. I think every single person is because when I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, Tesla has the potential to be a 10 trillion, 20 trillion dollar company. I'm saying, well, based on some P.E. ratio. Right. But yeah. I think. The, the more I'm, I'm more in this, the more I think about this is I feel like I do wonder at some point if at some point the the measure of the team of a company is ultimately its biggest asset, because that's what sets the culture. That's what creates the product. That's what creates the service. That's what creates the experience. Right. And so I wonder if it's just at some point. Uh, a lot of these uh, investors or folks that analyze these companies when they think about price earnings and stuff like that, I just I wonder how much of the equation is the team and the prior execution and sort of the experience that that team has built up, you know. And I wonder if if that ever gets counted in that equation or it's just is eighty percent of investing just looking at PE ratios. And if that's the case, it's no wonder Tesla is not where it needs to be. <laughs> I, and I, I agree. I like a hundred percent. The PE ratio, that's complete fabrication nonsense. You know, I, I think that Tesla should be valued 37 times my age. That's about as relevant. Really? Why 30? Why, you know, just <laughs> what a pit, that would be a good number, by the way. So 104 a, or whatever that yeah, number yeah. is. No, yeah. no, a thousand, I think a thousand, <laughs> 2000 would be 2000. Um, I agree 100% because it's completely arbitrary. The fact that Apple gets like a super premium uh, 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 PE. Uh, Costco, plus, Chipotle. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it makes no sense. It, it, yeah. It's that's the uh, that in essence is like if you look at a balance sheet and you look at the goodwill value of a company, that's just kind of like it's made up. It doesn't doesn't exist. You know, it's a brand. So what is it worth? Hard to tell. Um, that's what I think of this. It's complete fabrication. The fact that Apple is worth 
XPE is because I say so, not because there's a hard and fast scientific rule that I can punch out. I put in the formula and here it goes. Completely arbitrary. So I agree to a large part, it is what you have. It's what you, your basic existence, what your team is and what you are, what your mission statement is, because everything else is kind of outside of your control, unfortunately. Right. It's all psychology, right? It's all, it's, I feel like it's all just based on psychology. And as much as we want to make this a, a scientific, uh, a scientific endeavor to want to invest in companies and listen, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's so why I, I want to be very sure in saying this. I have, I'm just sort of like thinking out loud just for the audience, for the 1300 people that are watching this, like, don't view me as somebody who knows what he's talking about. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but it does seem very psychological in a sense that a lot of these metrics, a lot of these things are still based on human action. You know, it's like, hey, I think this thing is is good, so I'm going to buy it. I'm going to use this number to justify that it's good. Okay, cool. You can, you can do that. But I just don't know how much value that place when you have disruption and game-changing technology that is actually looking to disrupt the auto market. Just look at, I mean, the the for example, the, the latest price decreases for Tesla, the Model Y now is cheaper with the EV tax credit, the long range, than the average new car price in the United States. You know, that seems like a that seems like a big deal that can't really be measured with that stuff. But anyway, I digress. Do you have any topics before we hit Q&A? Yeah, yeah I was going to say. So I I wonder if counterintuitively, because like guys like Gary Black say if Tesla's if uh, Elon steps down from CEO that uh, that Wall Street would hate it, whatever. Um, but maybe if like Tom stepped into CEO and Elon is, you know, chairman of the board and basically the overseer and he's the product guy maybe the outcome is completely different than what we expect. And we get like a Tim Cook effect that we get Wall Street's comfortable. They know he's more predictable and uh, they know Elon's still in the background. So there'll still be, you know, uh, change and new products. And uh, so who's to know? Because again, that's the exact point. Guessing the stock price and what's going to drive the stock price seems to be irrespective a lot of times of the business yeah yeah okay um all right anything else before we start doing some q a richard what do you think yeah i i i've ranted enough me too <laughs> let's try to be uh answer some questions from the community all right so we have about a half an hour thank you all so much for joining us thus far really appreciate you guys we have uh around 1300 people joining us today thank you so much for stepping in and saying hello we're going to answer community questions uh so drop a question in the comment section below with question right before your question in all caps it will be very helpful for producer wife to pick out your question and it should only bring up the best ones which will be all of them because you are all awesome if you're enjoying what you're watching so far hit a like right below this are we, video are we, are we open to any question today just question it's good friday let's just you yeah that's non-tesla questions too how about that I will let producer wife decide she has the power yeah and if she wants to bring up any questions we'll do it last time we did this there was a very unique uh tenor to the questions because uh stock was up like seven percent before uh, the deliveries were reported and i remember the questions we were getting were so trolly and and I, I was talking to producer wife after she's like did you notice how all the questions were so trolly and, and i'm like yeah she's like it's because everybody's in a good mood because the stock is up so much i'm like that makes sense <laughs> that makes a lot of sense okay all right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring up the first question, if you can, producer wife, and then uh, we'll get started. T Nally, he's always here, man. T, thank you so much for your question. Uh, unemployment numbers went up in today's report. 
more likely Fed will pause hikes. Um, but Tesla cut prices, which bears pushes lack of demand. How will stocks react to this uh, post and uh, uh, neg data? Positive and, and, and negative data. Unemployment numbers went up in today's report. I thought I thought unemployment went down. To yeah, 3. so 5. I, I think the unemployment, I think it was mixed. I think the okay. unemployment numbers, the actual numbers were stronger than anticipated so that the economy, the uh, the uh, employment sector was stronger, but that the increase in hourly wage decreased. So that's a, a kind of a counterweight to it. So it may be a push in the end, you know, in, in terms of uh, what the effect is on the market, because they may just do exactly what I just did. Unemployment yeah. stronger, but if wages are not increasing, then that's uh, not a push on inflation. I see. Yeah, I I wonder how much of this the current market that we're in is just when you know bad news is bad news regardless. You know, so it's like even even in a scenario where we're gonna get uh, data sets that uh, are are pointing to the Fed lowering rates. That if the data set is bad, the data set is bad. If it implies recession, I just don't see how that's positive for stocks. Period. And I think there's gonna be a lot of flight to safety. Continue flight right. to safety. And, you, and you're right. It's, I think it is all psychological. Like recession, I think, is psych psychological. They've yeah. kind of like set it in our mind that a recession is coming. And the impact is everybody gets kind of reluctant to spend as much money as they normally would do. And you kind of create what you're, you know, what may be intended in the first place. But I think it's kind of most of it is in our head. I don't think it's in actuality. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that 100 percent. And also I also wonder, too you know how much of this is already priced in because you would think that the stock market is forward-looking right. and there have been studies that show that you know a bottom the bottom of the stock market is about six months before the the bottom of a recession and uh you know we are i think we uh, we uh started a technical bull rally like in, on monday or something i forget when it was so who knows i i, I just you know who knows what the market's going to do it could be a, a double top or a triple top or whatever we're, yeah, we're going quadruple, into right now a so quadruple, a quadruple yeah. top and they also change. Remember, they changed the rules about recessions too, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it'll but be just, like three yeah. quarters now. I don't know. That's I don't know, man. I, That's I'm still gotta love it, especially with a presidential election coming up next year. It's it's all getting real muddy and weird. I'm still on the boat that you still have record household debt. You have a shrinking economy. You have record credit card debt. You have record high uh, car prices and you have a fed that's trying to shrink the labor market so i i just don't see how that doesn't lead to a to a sinking economy i just don't understand i don't yeah, know how severe it's going to be but yeah, the, yeah i agree and i think normal i would be a hundred percent on board i just don't know what the impact is on kind of smoothing it out all those extra dollars are all those extra dollars that came in during covid that were you know printed I don't know what that, you know, besides being inflationary, which I understand, I think it also, that's one of the reasons why the labor market is still so strong. I think those dollars have flowed kind of that way. Mm. Um, so I don't know if we end up with a traditional outcome. You know, everybody mm. kind of expects a traditional outcome being a recession and that's kind of where we go. So, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we yeah. can escape. Maybe it's worse. You know, who knows? I think, I think the I Biden... Think the, I don't think the Fed or... Janet Yellen, Biden, all, all, anybody. I don't think any of them know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's been one of my, my one of my best uh, realizations to finding peace in life is that I don't know anything. 
and no one knows anything and someone's going through something. So it's like like those three things combined is like, okay, I'm like, okay, all right. So it's just whatever. We're just trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's it brings yeah. a lot of like peace to mind. And it's that's why I feel so comfortable just speaking about all this stuff out loud with people like you. It's because like, okay, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out just like everybody else. And if uh, somebody's trying to convince you that they know all the, they know everything, then I wouldn't listen to that person. Yeah. <laughs> but don't listen to me either. <laughs> there is a trick. Let's do the yeah, next question. That's true. Be skeptical yeah. of everybody. Yeah. Next question, please. Uh, Alex, question. What was your favorite item that was released in Master Plan 3? Oh, dude, we didn't even talk about this. How is that even possible? Um, what was yours? I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up in the meantime. I, I was talking to you off, off before we started. The fact that that second factory is still unexpressed. So when we were talking about Mexico and the second factory, and then when the Master Plan uh, 3 came out, the, I guess it's 41 pages, which in and of itself is, is pretty incredible. How much time must have been spent in generating this? So it had to be super thoughtful. And then they talk about the compact car and it's 4 million units, I guess they discussed. Mexico had 2 million. And then I think it was Berlin and um, uh, Austin were the, uh, the other 2 million between those two. Mm -hmm. But that second factory that Tom mentioned, there's no vehicle still assigned to that that's referenced in Master Plan 3 unless it's the bus, the van, uh, you know, one of those potential vehicles that were addressed. So for me, it was that that wasn't identified and the mystery remains. And I'm really curious as to what that second factory will produce. Yeah, I, I am really curious if it's still part of me still says that it's going to be mostly compact car. I know we talked about it before we went live only because I, I do believe that that car is going to sell somewhere between you know if i were to guess somewhere between 10 to 15 million units per year people are going to be like that's literally impossible and uh i'm going to say i don't think so because it's going to be very affordable and uh it's going to drive itself so i don't see why people wouldn't buy it go ahead and pull up the link here producer wife go to page 22. It's the, I, heard uh, batteries. Referred, I heard somebody referred to it as a reduced sized y uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a hatchback, it. right? It's a compact yeah. hatchback. Yeah. yeah, that that would basically be it. But probably be like a little bit bigger than the Golf, if I were to guess. Um. So my my favorite item that was released is this chart because I think this is actually given us insight into how Tesla is uh, thinking about the breakout of production, getting to twenty million units per year by twenty thirty. And if you look at the ooh, that's cool. You made us go away. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe this podcast is better without us on the screen. Oh, no question. No question. <laughs> Actually, sure. put up other people. Pictures of other people. Yeah. We should do a poll. You know what? Let's let's run a poll, producer wife. Should we remove our faces from the <laughs> from the screen moving forward? Is this a better thing to look at? Um, so if you look at the vehicle sales column, which is the fifth one in from the left, and it's compact, which is to be determined from Tesla's 42 million units yearly for the entire market per year. And it totals to 89 million at the bottom there. Uh, so what what this, if you look at the percentage of total, the compact, the midsize, the commercial passenger vans, so 42 million of 89 million is roughly 50%-ish, right? 47%. So what that means, I believe, is that Tesla is giving us a really rough guideline of what each model is going to be doing at full ramp at 20 million. And so if you take their 20 million units per year, for uh, their full lineup that they're trying to do by 2030, and you say the compact car is going to be uh, X percentage of that 20 million, then 
about 50% of 20 million is about 10 million. 24 million for the mid size is about 5 million. And you start going down the list. I think that's, there's a lot of information here, I believe, that really uh, gives us Tesla's hand, uh, shows us Tesla's hand is how, on how they're thinking about ramping to 20 million. That's, that's my favorite item. So yeah, if in, in this chart, am I to understand if the total number of vehicle sales stays constant, that Tesla would have about 25% of the yeah. market share, the total market share? Something yes, along sir. Those lines? Okay. yes, sir. Okay. How does that make you feel? It's a lot. I mean, that's, that is like, that's like crazy dominance. You know, that, but I go ahead. Sorry, let me turn around. Yeah, no, I think it's, that's a crazy dominant position. I don't mean that the position's crazy, but I mean yeah, like yeah. that's a dominant, really yeah. powerful, powerful position in your market when you're controlling that much. Um, that means there's no competition. And so what? Yeah, what I would say on that vehicle sales number is that 89 million could be 200 million today if automakers actually made compelling affordable cars right now, but they don't. You know, you look, you go to your nearest. You go to your nearest auto dealer. Like I would, I would pose this out to everybody that's watching this right now. The twelve hundred people watching this right now. You ask yourself a question: Why do you buy the car that you buy? Like when you know, think about the last five cars that you bought. If you were able to buy a car, why did you buy it? Was it because of how it looked, or was it because of what value brought forward? And you were trying to sort of uh, really fit the the car buy the, the car you're trying to buy to your needs, right? And then ask yourself this question, if an automaker were to come out and offer the same exact utility as you were getting, plus then some for cheaper, would you buy that car instead? And if the answer is yes, that's what this company is trying to solve for, like directly. And under that scenario, when you've had a automotive landscape for the last, say, 40, 50 years, where I believe every car maker has basically built the same car over and over again, even between the brands. They just make little tweaks here and there to try and capture more of the pie. That is not, that is not, that seems like it's something that's so easy to disrupt that once that person comes in that can offer what everyone else is doing for cheaper and the car can drive itself. I just don't see why, I don't see why people would buy anything else. So if, if everybody was doing that, we would have 300 million cars per year because every single person would want to get in a car that costs pennies on the mile to get around by yourself. Why wouldn't people do that? Yeah, so you know? let me ask you a question about that. So we're looking yeah. at vehicle sales, 89 million. So let's say there's robo taxi and you can you know run it 24 hours a day and you can replace seemingly you can replace cars mm -hmm. by using it multiple shifts whatever. Does that affect the ultimate total sales number? I think it will. I, and there's actually a piece that Tesla had. Can you scroll up a little bit, producer wife, on the little verbiage above the chart? There's something. Check this out. So on the first line, uh, today there are 1.4 billion vehicles globally and annual passenger vehicles production of 85 million vehicles. According to OICA, based on the pack size assumptions, the vehicle fleet will require 112 terawatt hours of batteries. Autonomy has potential to reduce the global fleet and annual production required through improved vehicle utilization. So even Tesla's coming out and saying this, right? But the question becomes like, uh, has a potential to reduce the global fleet and annual production required through improved vehicle utilization, but at what levels, 
right? At what level? Is it going to get to 100 million to get there? Is it going to get to, you know, 10 million to get there or, or 100 million cars per year reduced from that level, 200 right. million cars per year reduced from that level? Because you're thinking about Africa, you're thinking about Asia, South America. There's just so many different markets that Tesla plus, isn't in right now that they could disrupt. Plus the longer it takes, the more you kind of repopulate the fleet. You kind of exactly ice to EV. And if it's not, uh, ro you know, robotaxi, you're kind of just replacing. You're not getting rid of at that exactly. Point. Yeah. Every every single car. So this is Tesla's position. Every single car that's not that's not a Tesla today will get changed because it doesn't drive itself. So literally, the only cars that aren't going to be turned theoretically are those four million Teslas on the road today. So that's still 1.4 billion cars that have to be changed over, plus whatever else additional we need for markets in South America and Africa and Asia and other parts of the world that say aren't at the infrastructure level than other countries are that can support a self-driving uh, sort of place. Plus population growth, if people start having kids again. I mean, who knows, right? It's, you know, when transportation per mile goes from the, whatever, 40, 50 cents it is right now, average 38, I forget what the number is, down to like literally five or four cents per mile, the the number of people that have access to that is is 10 20 x globally everything changes every yeah. and if the car drives itself then it becomes an entirely different experience yeah so we'll see um all right well, that, was a, Any that, thoughts? Was a long, that was a long answer to a question sorry <laughs> my apologies please don't sue me Let's and do by the way, next question. I, I, yeah. I do agree with your first statement that we both know nothing. So I'm, I'm there with oh, you. Oh, great. Okay, good. Okay, good. We're just agreeing with each other all day today. Yes. Next question. From Mimi. Mimi! Paul <laughs> Star Mod community member. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, chocolate. Easy. It's not even a question. What's yours? I got a bunch of them. I like Rocky Road. Mm. Um, I like really vanilla vanilla. I mean, okay. really vanilla, like vanilla beanish vanilla. Nice. Um, I like coffee. Okay. I like real strawberry, where it doesn't taste okay. like a fake strawberry. You want me to go yeah. on for like 31? I can go 31 flavors if you want. Let's, I think that's good enough. <laughs> I think that's good enough. Yeah. Chocolate for me, simple. Just just chocolate. Just as chocolatey as possible. What is Mimi Delicious. like? What is Mimi like? Yeah. Mimi, let us know. Drop it in the comment section. Make sure you highlight it for us, producer wife. Uh, when she drops it. Let's do the next one. Ba -ba -da -da. And Charles 60. Dark beer or light beer? Ooh. Um, I'm more an IPA guy. So it's it's not so much dark or light. For me, it has to be hoppy. So the I tend to like the hoppier. Like I'm really big into hazy IPAs right now, big time. So that's my that's my choice. What's yours? Unfortunately, I uh being an old geezer like I am, I am a no beer. Okay. Yeah. You're a wine guy? What do you drink? Do you no, drink anything? Unfortunately, alcohol gives me a headache. Oh, okay. So you I mean fortunately? A, <laughs> no, that's I like I like wine. I mean, I like red okay. wine. But I've, I could have a like a taste, and unfortunately, that's sufficient to give me a headache. Mm, okay. Well, I'm sorry. But, but I would go with uh, light beer if I had the choice. Okay. That's a good pick. Good pick. The safe Thank one. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. And I like ice cream weed. Great. Next question. <laughs> I can I can say I've never had ice cream weed. Me neither. And you're in California too, so that would be I like the California. perfect place to for you to yeah, have. I have it. Nothing yeah. yeah. So just being a Californian, being supportive, I have nothing against ice cream weed. 
Uh, Hannah, another friend of the show, thank you so much for your question. Where, where will Farza go with first with his Cybertruck? My guess, he will take producer wife shopping for shoes. She deserves it. Wow. What do you think about that, producer wife? <laughs> Let me know. I'm actually, I, I, have a, uh, I have a plan. So once I get my Cybertruck, I'm actually going to take one of my old neighbors who, who they're actually coming tonight for dinner, uh, him and his wife. Uh, his name's Travis. Uh, he is a uh, born and raised Texan. He worked in an oil field and has been driving pickup trucks his entire life. He has a Ford F-250. And I'm going to document uh, my um, my pickup experience with him. So I'm going to do, I'm going to bring him along with me down to the service center. We're going to pick up the Cybertruck. We're going to take it back. We're going to do a bunch of tests with it. I'm going to have him drive it. I'm going to document his reaction live from a hardcore pickup truck Texan. And I'm going to curious to see what his reaction is. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. That's my answer. I don't know if you have any thoughts there, Richard. I do. I do. I, th I thought differently. I thought you were going to go down to the local Walmart, whatever you have a Walmart that's local. At yeah. 6, 6 p.m., you're going to do circles in the parking lot for four hours and 20 minutes. That'd be sick. That's, right? you know what? That would be another great thing. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will notice you. Yeah, I'm sure. I actually, I also want to really, we have this, uh, we live in a community and we have this thing called uh, like, a, it's like the green or something. And uh, you can, you know, that people go there and they play sports and stuff. So I think I'm going to take it there. I'm going to park it. And we have a, a Facebook group for the for the neighborhood. I'm going to be like, I just got a cyber truck. Come check it out. And I bet you it's going to be like a freaking flood of people. Yeah. All the kids are going to come out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That'd be a fun video to see the yeah. crowd. The, the crowd come. I'm so excited. I am so excited. This thing's going to. It's it. I. I it's it's completely underestimated. Yeah. It's also it's close. I mean, really close. It, when, because Elon said he walked the you know yeah. uh, the, the full line, and he spent a lot of time on it too. It sounded like. Um, it's it's close. Obviously, they're close to production. It's close. We're, we're seeing a lot of a lot more mules too. Like usually, when I think there's been like four or five different ones spotted. Usually, when that's happened, somewhere it, it's somewhere between three to six months after we see those first uh, production mules that production starts. So I'm actually quite. I, I I think you're right. I think we're quite close. It's so exciting. I can't freaking yeah. wait. Next question. Thank you so much, Anna. Producer wife might come hunt you down. <laughs> Reflect the sun. Uh, thank you so much for your question. Thank you for supporting the channel. That's why uh, she has a little uh, symbol on her name. Question. We never hear much about the R&D office in Greece or, or Grauman. What do these look like now from when they announced them? I have no insight in these. I don't know if you have any thoughts around these. I, I never hear about these offices in Greece or Grauman. No, I, unfortunately, I agree with her. I don't know. I don't, maybe that's, yeah. you know, maybe that's intentional. Yeah. Maybe that, you know, protect the uh, integrity of whatever's the research that's going on. For sure. I, and I wonder how much of that's related to IDRA too, because IDRA is based out of Italy mm -hmm. and uh, Greece is close by and Groman is what in Germany, right? Yeah. I, I thought believe. it was Groman's Chinese theater is what they, she was referring to. But is okay. that what it was? That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, next one. Next question. Uh, from Gino, another community member. Thank you so much for your question. How do you think about current Tesla price relative to likelihood of producing 1.8 to 2 million cars in 2023? Uh, I mean, that, that's we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, I think we're both on the same page that, you know, I mean, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I'll let you sort of t give your take and then. Oh, I, I, just, I just saw a number that uh, China did 80, about 89,000 in March, 89,000 units. Saw that. Yep. Yeah. So that's about a million approximately a million for just under a million uh, production rate, uh, run rate. 
Um, yeah, I think production, because you're asking about production, I think easily they'll do one eight to two. I they it, in the current environment. So even if we don't improve from where we are, um, they're going to easily do. I think they'll do two, at least two. Um, yeah. What the deliveries will be will be su- some amount less, but I think they will easily su- uh, surpass one point eight. I mean, so if you if you look at Q one. They produce four hundred and forty thousand. If you times that by four, it's one point seven eight, one point seven six million. That's basically one point eight already. And uh, Tesla just reduced prices and is, has ramped Berlin and Austin both to four and five thousand per week, which is I think both of them are up at least fifty to seventy percent from beginning to end of the quarter. Yeah. And you're going to get that benefit at the beginning of Q two, and then you have China without a holiday in Q two, and you have an extra day in Q two. So, and you have uh, uh, a more filled up pipeline with cars arriving to service centers more often. So I just don't see how, I just don't see how they don't hit, I'd, I mean, at least 1.9 at this rate. Who knows yeah, Who knows say, how the rest of the year is going to end? But I was going to say current run, you know, current runway, um, I'd say by the end of the year, I would expect uh, both Berlin and Austin to have produced 250,000 cars. I expect them to produce more than that, but I think a minimum 250,000 cars. That's a half a million. China, a million, and uh, Fremont, 650,000. 215, I think, without blinking an eye. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Let's do the next one. Production is not really the question. I think it's just, no. just going to be deliveries. I mean, pro- yeah. production, 2 million yeah. seems in the bag. You know, that's what yeah. makes Tesla special is production's not an issue. Every other car maker can't exactly. make cars. Isn't that amazing? And they get yeah. punished for it. You're yeah. producing too much product that you're going to sell later. Yeah. You're, too <laughs> it's like, okay. you're too good. You're too good. Yeah. Literally, it's it's fascinating. It's just, it blows my they mind. They didn't like ding Henry Ford for that. that he no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at Ford's stock price from 1913 and had the same exact dynamic. Uh, Cybertrucker 420, question. Has the Tesla retail community grown to a level that keeps share price artificially inflated, or are we still small enough to consider current prices a steal? Um, I don't. I don't know how the retail community. Uh, I don't know how that aligns with long-term prices. How do you How do you think about that, Richard? I think that we have a much larger institutional base than we did five years ago. Um, so that I don't think it's artificially inflated. Because uh, they'll only buy it when it's at a good value, so I think it's probably more fairly valued if they're in it, because um, they won't buy anything that's inflated. Yeah, I think current prices reflect current perceived execution more than it ever has in its history, and I think, <coughs> excuse me, that's what's really driving the price action, um, and. To Richard's point, the net number of dollars that are influencing Tesla right now are exponentially higher than they were back in 2019. So that which means that there's uh, significantly more institutional money at play. And in in the end, those guys are the ones that drive stock price because most retail, most retail buys or holds for Tesla. You know, the, uh, from what I, I mean, from the just dynamics that I see with the investing retail, the retail community is that they're buying, they're hodlers, you know, just like the Bitcoiners, the hodlers. So, um, yeah. I, so I, if anything, if anything, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't, I don't think there's a correlation. 
Yeah, I think in part it's a tactic of uh, institutional investors. You know, that's, that's kind of how they make their money is they create the uncertainty in the marketplace. They hope for drops in right. the stock price and they can intervene and they're obviously making more money on it. Uh, and they have the liquidity to kind of take advantage of those situations. And most retail investors don't. You know, you can't write a check for a million bucks tomorrow to buy a bunch of stock. That's right. Maybe you can. Maybe Farzad can. But nope. Unfortunately. Next, this is the last question. And Tony, question: If Tesla could sell uh, as profitably for seventy k, how large do you think that market would be? Ooh. If, the, if Tesla could sell the Model S for $70,000, I mean, it would be significantly larger than it is now. Because yeah. that's a $25,000 yeah. decrease. Probably, it'd probably double in size, if I were to yeah, guess. I was say maybe the forecast, 100 unit, 100,000 unit forecast might be apt at that point. Just for the Model S at those prices, yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah, because you get a lot of value for money for that for that kind of pricing. Yeah, definitely. You get a, you get a rocket ship for something. I mean, that, that would be insane. That'd be completely nuts. We'll see. We'll see if they're able to. I, I highly doubt it because the production, the production line there for the S and the X is still quite like it's their first generation. So, I guess the I only reason they, they, I mean, the alternative reason they could do with that is to to f with uh, you know BMW and Mercedes and kind of just you know put the crunch to them, and, you yeah. know, and make them really lower their prices on their premium models. You know, they can do that. So if, you know, not if, once full self-driving does become mainstream and people are buying it as a legitimate option for their cars, the amount of margin Tesla is going to generate from the vehicles is going to allow them to basically sell them at cost because they'll make the 30% margin on the software itself uh, if you think long-term. So, you know, if, if that means that you sell the hardware at cost and you make it up on the software side, that completely destroys the. It, it just completely annihilate, that destroys the entire car market. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, right. I saw you. You did a bunch of videos about that, right? Like, I did a bunch of videos about a lot of things. Screwed. Basically, the title oh, yeah. is every other car maker yeah. is screwed. Basically. Yeah. It's it's I'm it's those are that's my uh, my last sentence and I'm sticking to it as they would say. All right. Uh, cool. So let's move over to the uh, community uh, members only forum. Uh, if you want to join us there, click on join right below this video. Uh, if you enjoyed the content, I would love it if you throw me a like. Thank you so much to the community for joining us on this wonderful Good Friday. Happy holidays to those celebrating. Uh, thank you to everybody keeping the, uh, the comment section lively, full of great discussion. Really appreciate everybody that's part of this community. Thank you to all the mods, as always, for doing a phenomenal job moderating the discussion. Thank you, Richard, for joining me today. One more time, where can people find you on YouTube? Uh, not Legal Advice with a K, K-N-O-T. Make sure you check them out. Great channel. And last but not least, as, of, as always, thank you, producer wife, for an amazing job. Well done. Give yourself a round of applause. She's and we'll terrific. see you on... By the way, she's terrific. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, We'll uh, go over to members only right now. So join us there by clicking on join right below this video. Take it easy, everybody. Happy holidays. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.